Uh, first round of news is scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up. Okay. I'm my first go at this. You can edit that out, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We did. Yeah. Did you listen to it? I didn't need to listen to it. Did you want to hear it through the thingy? I don't need to. I have the the things, the lines on the monitor there. They show they show how loud you are. They're lines. They're not real. They're they're, they're fine, sweetie. As long as you keep the microphone in front of your face and not, you should be just peach keen. <laughs> Hang on, let me get my laptop. Untangled in cords. Well, yeah. try not to be tangled in cords. T- it's two cords. How can you be tangled in them? pajama pants and I get my beer so today on my two day recovery day two of my recovery from the Guar concert because when you see Guar you need two days to recover um, because I've showered three times now and I still think I'm washing fake blood out of my hair uh, are you sure it's fake I, I was pretty sure because um, if not that's a whole lot of blood uh, but dur- d- during the recovery, I decided to try to take a nap, and I tried to use uh, Han, our cat, the fat one, uh, as a pillow. It didn't go well. Um, he wasn't having that shit. He kind of, kind of was like, "What the fuck?" And he tried to scratch me. It was, it was cute. It was cute. Did he succeed when he tried to scratch you? Oh or? no, no, no! He made he made one swipe and he's like, "Ugh, I'm so so fat. I'm so fat. I just need to Give relax." Here's some kibble. <laughs> so. No. You but, were saving that story, weren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm all uh, goody two shoes here. I got all the news stories up. I got IMDb up to the movie that we are going to talk about. I know you're you're like a little misprepared. I'm, I might have to have you on more often. Uh, it's because I just got a brand new, extremely pink laptop, it, and it's I'm very, really really excited about it. It it is very pink. It uh, all even like on the top of the keyboard has an ombre of a dark pink to a lighter pink. When when you told me you were ordering a pink laptop, I thought, nah. <laughs> nah. I di- I didn't realize. Maybe like I thought maybe like it would be black with like a pink line in it or something like a pink outline. I had no idea the damn thing would be like ninety five percent pink. It's pretty pretty you ridiculous. Know part of the appeal of this laptop, it's pink. I know that you won't take it. <laughs> that is true. That is true. You will not I have quote noticed- unquote. Borrow my laptop. Hey, what I need a laptop for. Well, anyway. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Critica Podcast. Each week we talk about movies, both new and on Netflix. And this week, do we have a treat for you? Uh, I asked, well, before we get into that, my name's Chris Klump. With me, as always, for the second time. Third? Third? Well, no, with me, you've you've done the you've done the podcast solo, 
when I wasn't available. I did it. I did two episodes with Heather, and then we did the Doctor Who, and then we did the one over at Parker's for um, Jurassic Park. Sure, I don't remember. Uh, was Jurassic Park or was it Age of Ultron? Age of, Age Ultron. of Ultron. Yeah, so we've only, we've only done the podcast like twice, Since and one of them was a time. mini episode. Okay, so this is a second and a half time. Okay, all right. Uh, but when I asked, are you, are you, are you going to introduce yourself? <laughs> when you stop talking, <laughs> I am Melissa, Chris's wife. That's right. Uh, so this week, I decided. I am. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't so much decide as you passive aggressively <laughs> kept asking to be on the podcast. Um, and this I finally just my happy face. I just finally caved in and said, "Fine, it could be on the damn podcast." And I asked you, "What movie did you want to do?" And you adorably started going through our DVD collection, <laughs> not understanding that I needed to pick a movie that everyone could see. <laughs> And not everybody has our DVD collection. We have a problem. <laughs> well, not anymore. We stopped after we hit, what, 4,000, something like that. We don't have, we don't have we, 4,000. We got rid of, I'd say we probably got rid of 1,000 over the years. Oh, yeah. We've easily gotten rid of 1,000. Like between the move to the house and then we've purged since we've lived here twice. Twice, yeah. So. So I'd say we're down to a, I'd say we're down to a, at least fifteen hundred. I'd say fifteen to two thousand. Yeah, because yeah. you have to think about all the ones in storage. Yeah, yeah, we do have a problem. Uh, <laughs> but, but now we just get everything digitally, so people can't see our see problem. the problem. <laughs> uh, but you, uh, you went online finally and started rifling through what Netflix has to offer, and I hear this huge squealing noise. And and just just sounds of pure glee, and I'm like, what the hell did she find? And lo I and found behold, one of my favorite movies. Wh- one of I would say this is like top tier for you. It's it's in the top three. Uh, the 1995 classic, very much a cult classic, Hackers. <laughs> so we're gonna be doing that, but before we get into that. Let's get into some news. Melissa, what do you got for me? Okay, I am filling the role of Parker. Well, Parker hasn't now been on the show in a long-ass time, yeah, so you're filling in the role this. of everybody since Parker. Well, I still attribute this job to Parker. Okay. Okay, so so our first item of news is Zachary Levy, or is it Levi? I think it's Levy. Okay. Starting over. Okay. I mean, you can just keep going. You're probably going to keep this in, aren't you? Probably. I hate you so much. Zachary Levy talks actors playing multiple Marvel film characters. Um, basically, he goes into saying that since they decided to do the shared universe, which is really what we the fans wanted, right? Um, the talent pool of Hollywood is g- dramatically smaller. So there is the possibility of actors playing multiple characters in the universe um for example 
Chris Evans was the Human Torch in the Fantastic yes. Four, and then went on to be Captain America. So I think what he what, what he's getting at is not necessarily multiple characters within the official Marvel universe, but other other actors who have been in quote unquote Marvel films well, playing different characters. Go in to say that. Most of the players who are ending their contracts with the studio are happy to negotiate for a longer stay in the cinematic universe. Excuse me. And might actually go into play other characters. Oh, that Um, will be And then the big question is, and obviously Hollywood is debating over it, can an actor portray more than one character? Now, it has been done that... Two actors have portrayed the same character, so right. is it? Is I it don't know. Deal? See, I don't know. Like, what? Like, take like Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. Like, I see Jeremy Renner, I think Hawkeye. Same with Chris Evans. Same with Chris Hemsworth. But what about uh, smaller characters? Now, smaller characters, maybe. I, I mean, I could kind of see that with smaller characters, but at that point, they might as well just not be named characters. You know what I mean? Or, like um, extras. Or even heavily makeup CGI'd, like oh yeah, that I could like see. A Tha- like Thanos with uh, Brolin, yeah, you know he yep. could play multiple characters. Even maybe Paul Bettany, because you do see his face some and everything like that. But you never know, right? No, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I don't know though. I mean, I kind of, I kind of question why they're doing this simply because they're. I mean, at this point, the the Marvel brand is so set that you'd think any actor would be dying to kick the door in. Well, I think it's not so much of people don't want to be in the movies as much as they are so picky on the talent that they choose. That I could see. And I mean, if you think about like, what about Thor's pals back in Asgard? You know, Sif and the other guys. Yeah, the 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 <laughs> the, the minor uh, uh, gods. Yeah, so like people have seen them. They had fairly prominent roles in some but of they the could, single movies, but they could play other characters. Like, for example, Zach Levy. He was uh, one of those guys. Oh, really? I didn't um, know that. Well, he not in the first Thor. In the first Thor, the guy from Once Upon a Time. Was this dude, and then Once Upon a Time blew up, and he's like, I'm out, sorry dudes, and then um, they brought in Zach Levy to play his character. So, first off, the first guy could always come back in. Right. Although, Once Upon a Time now has like five spinoff shows. And then... (laughs) I swear, like every time I see another one popping up in my Facebook feed. I didn't. I, I'm going to be going on a tangent. I didn't see that coming when someone told me, "Oh yeah, here's this new show that's coming out. It's called Once Upon a Time, and here's the thing." And like, it's I think you even tales. you you even showed me a couple episodes because you were watching it for a little while. And back in my yeah. mind, I thought, "Well, this will be fun when it gets canceled." Was I fucking wrong? <laughs> Holy hell! Yeah, I um, I watched the first season or two, and I enjoyed it. But uh, it didn't hold like it was it wasn't one of those ones that grips me like a Game of Thrones or um, I was personally obsessed with Leverage. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, yeah. You've seen every episode of Leverage like six times. They can't see what gesture (laughs) I am giving you right now. Yep. This is in theater, sweetie. Um, 
which is why I can just do this all night long. <laughs> um, but yeah, like shows that really, really grip me and then I just can't stop watching. Like Doctor Who. Oh, I just want to watch another episode. Just another episode. Another episode. With Once Upon a Time, it didn't do it for me. Like right, right. I was like, Ugh, I got five more episodes of this season. I guess I'll watch <laughs> Yeah, one. that's that's the sign of a bad, uh, you know, not necessarily a bad show, but a show of like, eh. Yeah, so. what, but it does grip a lot of people because, you know, it is fairy tales and right. it's drama without being that totally immersive gut-wrenching drama that you right. get with it's, some of the other shows. It's 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 cuz on ABC, isn't it? Yes, it is on uh I think I think it's ABC, but it is on just regular cable television. Right. So, so it's it's, watch. it's that level of yeah. safe. So Yeah, you don't have any of the cringing uh stab wounds and gunshots yeah. and all that crap. Well, what else uh what what other news do we got? All right, Jeff McComsey talks ultimate Night of the Living Dead and the zombie genre. Now, see this. This I find interesting um, because I am. I mean, you you know this. Most people who know me know this. Freaking love zombies. I think they're great. I love zombie movies, and even I'm tired of zombies. Like I'm ready for the zombie craze to be over. We we had a great run, kids. Uh, but now it's getting a li- like it. No, it's not even getting. It has become too much. <laughs> well, basically, this talks about how they're probably not going away anytime soon Ugh. because of things like The Walking Dead, which have massive popularity and cultural ubiquity. I'm gonna say appeal. Yeah, sounds better. That's a big word, and I. I'm proud of myself for saying it in not a phonetic way. <laughs> um, but it basically what is going on is people want more and people want more because it, it's just such a common, you know, the the rising dead and oh, oh yeah, a nightmare yeah. from your childhood. And what if it actually happens? And how are we going to handle it? Oh and yeah, people love. Th- I mean, that's why we read the zombie survival hand hand uh, book or hand well, guide. In all honesty, if we had a zombie apocalypse, it would last like five. Ten minutes if because that, if that there's there's enough there's enough wackos who've played enough uh, Left for Dead on Steam. <laughs> yeah, like everybody now knows every 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 nerd on Steam would just like slowly take their headphones off and be like, at last, my time has come. I'm finally going to do something with my life. I'm going to leave the house. <laughs> But um, it does then go on to talk about um, Double Take's ambitious and collaborative project, Ultimate Night of the Living Dead, which is a 10-title property that brings together a whole bunch of writers and artists to tell a range of stories. Hold, Hold it. Hold it. You talked about my squeal of delight in the Romero zombieverse. Woo! Okay, oh, the it's a comic series, apparently. Oh, okay. And they launched September 18th. Isn't today September 18th? Yes. Yes, it launched today. You probably soon hear the door slamming as Chris runs out to the store. <laughs> There's a comic book shop down the street. They still might be in business. All right, each covering... Oh, each book covers a different tale against the 
backdrop of the rising zombie outbreak in his horror landmark Night of the Living Dead. See, now this this is great because um, the, 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 the Romero zombie was always my favorite. I always thought that was the scariest zombie. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, for, for, for some of you out there I've talked to, uh, when I bring up stuff like Dawn of the Dead, all they remember is the Zack Snyder remake, which is a fine movie. It's okay. But there's just something I don't like about zombies running. And, I didn't know they and physically I, could. Well, in, in, in Zack Snyder's remake, they could. Um, and like in The Walking Dead, I'm pretty sure they can run in that too. I don't know if they... I've never seen them run. Now, I haven't watched the whole series, but they can lumber quickly. Yeah. Um, there's just something really scary about Romero's zombies. They don't run because they don't need to. Well, I mean, they can't, but, uh... They're going to catch up They're going to catch you no matter what. Um, and Romero always seemed to tell a deeper story using the zombies. Like, the zombies were not the point. It was the people and how they interacted with each other that was the point. Um, and so that's why I always love. So Romero's it isn't stuff. just a scare you the crap out of you. It's an actual story that scares the crap out. Well, of and and it's always it's always an, an allegory for our own world. Like uh, I've heard it said that that, and I, I don't necessarily get this as much with this one, but Night of the Living Dead is about uh, socialism, and then Dawn of the Dead is clearly about like capitalism and greed (laughs) like that's pretty and like consumerism and stuff like that um so he 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 always tries to tell a deeper social story on top of hey social commentary so but no i'm excited about this this sounds this sounds good okay so i'm a little saddened oh Pacific Rim 2, Maelstrom, is reportedly on indefinite holds. This is this is bad. This is bad. And I love the first one so much. Um, from what I've read about the movie industry and, and, and watching, you know, like commentaries and stuff like that, anytime something is put on a, quote, indefinite hold... The odds of it coming out of that hold are next to nothing. Well, it talks about... Okay, it's only been one year since Universal and Legendary co-financed their five-year production partnership. Right. So far, they have had the failures, Seventh Son and Black Hat. Yep. (laughs) Those movies tanked hard. But they had Jurassic World. Which made bank. Yes. So now, I mean, it's one out of three. So 33%. So there's tension because is that 33% enough to pull up right. the failures? They, they, want, they want another hit. Hollywood yeah. right now is so financially conservative. And they're so scared to put out new material because they're worried about mega blockbusters. Right. So, of course, Jurassic World did very, very well. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, the se- Seventh Son tanked 
hard. Black Hat was really bad. Like, that really hit that bad. Isn't that the one with Chris, Chris Hemsworth? You know, I don't even remember. I just like remember. A I don't even. I don't even remember. I don't. I don't remember what it's about. I just remember hearing that it like failed miserably. Well, I um, I don't know if it's the one that I'm thinking of, and I'm trying Look to. Look it up. Uh, I'm trying to click it, and I have two hands, but I kind of wanted to hit Control Click so that I. Uh, uh, yes it is. It's American and Chinese agencies work together to stop a conspiracy involving cybercrime. Yeah, yeah, could have told you that wasn't going to work. And I think they were banking solely on pulling people in with Chris Hemsworth, but it was for this completely different story, whereas the people come in droves for him as Thor. Right, yeah, but exactly. But here he's some hacker that you don't know, and... Right. When I saw the the previews, because I've never seen the movie, but when I saw the previews, I was like, oh, they tried to take Hackers, one of my favorite movies, and make it serious and gritty. Which doesn't work. No, and I'm just like, Meh. But womp, womp. Pacific, Pacific Rim was good, but it wasn't the big hit that, they, it, that Legendary thought it was going to be. Well, and also, it kind of... Like, from a non-company production, blah, 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 point of view, it wasn't a sure... Like, you do a Jurassic World, part of the Jurassic Park universe. You do a Marvel movie. You know people are going to be showing up. Pacific Rim, geeks were going, monsters and robots, monsters and robots. But like it wasn't like a thing because nobody knew what it was. Right, exactly. It was they they, they, they they didn't know whether it was going to have mass audience appeal. Is is what you're getting at? You said you wanted entertaining, so why not drink? <laughs> um. Now the only thing that makes me a little optimistic is this is Guillermo del Toro we're talking about. And he gets projects done when he really wants to get them done. You know what I mean? Like, like he if, if he puts his full backing into it, a studio usually just goes, fine, whatever. His movies don't cost that much. I mean, even is Pacific he, Rim wasn't that expensive. Is he still involved in two? Cause this just I'm says, pretty sure he's producing. Okay, it just says a sequel to Guillermo del Toro's 2013 action movie. So it doesn't actually say... I doubt he'll direct. He'll probably produce. Okay, just because it doesn't actually say his Pacific Rim 2. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I still have hope we'll get a Pacific Rim 2. Uh, it might take a little while, but I think it's going to... Maybe gonna they'll skip the 2 and go right to 3. That would be weird. <laughs> Naked Gun did it, kind of. They did no, 2 they and didn't. a half. They did 2 and a half, 33 and a third. All right, well, moving on. To uh, to a little trailer time here, we saw the trailer for "In the Heart of the Sea." Bah, 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 bah. All right. Um, based on the 1820 event, a whaling ship is preyed upon by a sperm whale, stranding its crew at sea for 90 days, thousands of miles from home. This movie stars Chris Hemsworth, Killian Murphy. Uh, Brandon Gleason, my man, gotta gotta love Who's a Gleason. That? Brandon Gleason, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Is he one of those guys that's like in everything? Yeah, I mean, most recently that I saw him in was Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, but he's in a ton of stuff that you would recognize. 
Uh, let me go down the list here of something Troy, you would. Troy, Gangs of New York, Braveheart. He was, uh, oh, he played uh, Mad-Eye Moody in Deadly oh! Hallows. Yeah, okay. I, I was Professor say, Mooney. I, 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 know, I know you know him from something, so. Yeah. Um, so, Melissa, what did uh, what, what, what this trailer do for you? What, 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 what do you think of it? About halfway through, I thought it was over. <laughs> <laughs> and it kept going. And I was like, what? And apparently it wasn't at the climax yet. It was right before the music started to rile up. And I was like, oh, there's more. Um, I like period pieces. But I do kind of feel like they are trying to make a modern action movie out of a movie about ships and whales. Like there were all these explosions and all this crazy stuff. I did, I did, I did think the trailer was kind of funny when at one point, like it looked like the whale was doing like Street Fighter esque moves on the ship. Yeah, <laughs> like the whale like, would come up and bash its head into it. I'm like, whales do that, and then it would like drop, like ride up out of the ocean and land on. I'm like, maybe whales do that, and then at one point the whale goes underneath and whips its tail around like. And I'm like, well, and do, do whales do this? It catches a rope and like dilapidates an entire ship with it, like a uh, cheese grater type thing. Yeah. And I'm like, um, he's a whale. He is probably just looking for some shrimp to eat. Um, now again, the only thing that gives me some level of optimism here is Chris Hemsworth in it, and you hope nope. he takes his shirt off. Nope, none of those things. That's you, sweetie. Oh, he's That's not really. You. I'm not a huge like. I I like him. I'm a fan, but I'm not like ooh, Chris Hemsworth. Um, no. For me, what gets me excited is the fact that Ron Howard's directing it, and I like Ron Howard as a director. He's a good director. Man does some good work. Um, so I mean. Uh, yeah, the the trailer looks a little silly, but trailers often do. Directors it could have been the way they edited it, yeah. and that the movie is a completely different feel. Um, directors almost never have say over uh, the cut of a trailer, almost never, um, unless you're like Quentin Tarantino or like Werner Herzog, you're not getting <laughs> uh, a say in the trailer. So, for all we know. The, the trailer company cut this to make it look like an action film. Um, I did think it was... probably going to try to just get butts in the seats. Yeah. I did think it was kind of funny that it flat out says in the trailer that this is the truce event, not story event, which means this is greatly changed from what actually happened, that inspired the myth for the creation of Moby Dick. <laughs> And so I think it's hilarious that they're 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 going from that route of saying like, okay, we didn't have the rights to Moby Dick, <laughs> we couldn't do a Moby Dick movie, but here's something that's just as good. <laughs> well, like my thing is back in 1820, they were using a feather and some ink to write things, and everything like your your parchment and all that stuff was a true task to get made so they would probably like well whale destroyed a ship people died 
People survived. Moving on. Like, they, there is no epic... Like, nowadays, when you write a report about what happened, it can be pages and pages and pages because it's digital. Well, I mean, I don't know about that because... You look at like the 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 dime store novels of the old west and stuff like all that stuff was super embellished and told but into. But that's and, my like, point. Like this, it's it's about this event that happened in eighteen twenty, but there's like who knows what actually happened. In oh, 1820. oh, I see what you're saying. Right, right, right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, no, that's why that's why they that's why it says inspired by the event. It's not even like based on a true story. It's like we don't know. <laughs> um. Uh, but the 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 special effects look pretty good, but I don't know how this is going to be a drama in any regard. Like this seems almost like an adventure film. And well, the thing with the trailer is, I don't know what it seems because they're trying to make it actiony with explosions, and they're trying to make it dramatic with him getting stranded and like there's this this tension between him and the whale and i don't know if he's gonna kill it or take it home (laughs) like you know it's very conflicting like yeah the the trailer doesn't feel like it knows like it it doesn't know what the movie wants to portray itself as when and like if you want people to come and enjoy your movie your your trailer needs to be honest and be like this is an action film this is a romantic comedy. This is that. Or else you're going to get the wrong audience in and they're going to hate it and then they're going to tell people this movie sucked. I do. I do. it. I wish I could remember the movie. I do enjoy when a trailer totally throws the audience for a loop. There was a, it, it was a foreign film. And for the life of me, I cannot remember the title. I'm sure someone will come and tell me when I, when I talk about it. Uh, there was a trailer. Or, 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 I'm sorry. It was a movie where the trailer made it out to be a romantic comedy. Like it was shot, the trailer was shot specifically to make the movie look like a romantic comedy. It ended up being a psychological thriller slash slasher film. Like a, like a murder film. Um, How did crowds react to that? The, the one review that I read said something to the effect of this was the greatest oh how did he put it um like like the greatest mistrust between a director and audience <laughs> i'm just like this is what the director promised this is what he delivered and the audience was like son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome though so i do i do think that's funny the rare times when movie when, when, when a trailer completely lies about a movie. I do enjoy that. All right. Well, we'll be all right. A shorter podcast is not a bad thing. Hey, hey, hey. We're just getting into the meat and potatoes. <laughs> and I like meat and potatoes. That's true. You do like meat and potatoes, oddly. There is nothing better than a perfectly juicy steak and some garlic mashed taters. Well, we'll agree to disagree. Actually, that's what I get every time I go down to Atlanta. We go to, ironically, a restaurant called Pacific Rim, which is not why we go there. Right. And I get this gigantic piece of short rib. Ah. Korean braised, like cooked low and slow. Um, Falls apart. You can eat it with chopsticks. 
for this, I'd say, four inch by three inch by three inch piece of meat. And it's laid on a beautiful bed of golden garlic mashed potatoes. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. This uh, past, was it two weeks ago? A week ago? Two weeks ago? Something like that. Beginning of September. Uh, You went down to Dragon Con. I did. For for those who don't know, Dragon Con is the pretty much the biggest uh, cosplay convention on the East Coast. Uh, by the fans and cosplayers would consider it that um, it's not tailored specifically towards costumes, but that is where like the elite go and parade around in costume. Um, it's always like a huge, gigantic costume party type thing. Um, it is. Five hotels involved, I think. Mm. Um, so, and like a, three of them are actually attached to each other by bridges, and then one's like right down the block, and then another one's there too. So basically, cosplayers take over like a four-block radius. I'd say more than four. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, basically, um, with Dragon Con, you don't buy your ticket and worry that it's going to sell out. You get your hotel room because the hotel rooms, um, I actually had one of the girls in my room got our room for next year and she waited in line for hours. The day we logged, or not logged in, checked in, the day we checked in, she immediately got in the line and waited for a few hours to get our room for next year and barely got one. Wow. Now that's at the host hotel. The other hotels sell fairly quickly, but you also have to like take a shuttle bus and blah 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 blah. So so did did you see anything cool with movies down there? They actually have a film festival that I did not get to attend, but they always do a bunch of like really cool shorts. Um not this year, but the previous year. The kid from the labyrinth, he played the baby. Yes. He has grown up and now does puppeteering work of his own. Oh yeah, I heard very about this. Reminiscent of the goblins from the labyrinth. Right. Um and it was this story. Um it was a little on the dark side. It was about this little kid that got a present and then as he grows up it's like this box and it's a really involved story, but then it involves like this mysterious kind of dark like thing and um, that debuted at Dragon Con. Okay. Yeah, I, rem- I remember you talking about that last year, I think. Yeah, I wanted to go, and then it was before I got to Atlanta. <laughs> ah. But yeah, um, it's a, it's a, it, was a, it was a good time. Um, I got to uh, see a lot of cool things, like R2-D2. Yes, yeah, so I get a... I'm, I'm sitting at home dying of the flu. Because you, you were like, so are you okay? As I'm shivering, wrapped in blankets. All right, well, I'm leaving for Atlanta. Bye. Door door closes. You hear a car take off. I'm like, I, I'm I'm seriously ill. That's what um, you have a mama for. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so later, later that weekend, I get a text, and it's just a picture of you hugging a, it looked movie replica. It of R two D two, it was a remote controlled, full size, fully animated, with his sounds programmed into it. That the guy was just going around the hotel on different floors, and um, what happened was, I was in my hotel room, 
And I shared my hotel room with a bunch of other girls who I'm really, really close friends with. And um, all of a sudden, like, Ash went out to get ice for the ice machine. She comes back in the room and she goes, Melissa, there's somebody out here that you will love to meet. And I was like, okay, she knows, because I'm not sure if this is been said on the podcast before but i have social anxiety meeting people is not my forte once i get to know them we're great but when i first meet you i will probably not be able to speak so i'm like oh god she wants me to meet someone it's probably gonna be like super famous somebody or like a cosplayer that i adore and then i'll look like an idiot because i won't know what to say and then all of a sudden i hear And I sprint (laughs) down the hallway. I'm wearing a dress, no shoes, and I'm just running down the hallway. And there's this guy with R2 rolling down the hallway and whistling and stuff like that. I'm like, can I hug him? (laughs) So I got my picture taken hugging R2-D2. And then... I was like, oh my goodness, I love you. And then the guy actually had it go. (laughs) And he goes, I think he likes you too. And I'm like, oh my God, best weekend ever. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, moving on to our feature presentation. We saw Hackers. Best movie ever. Oh, oh, um, a young boy is arrested by the U.S. Secret Service for writing computer virus and is banned from using a computer until his 18th birthday. Years later, he and his newfound friends discover a plot to unleash a dangerous computer virus, but they must use their computer skills to find the evidence while being pursued by the Secret Service and the evil computer genius behind the virus all right this movie stars actually some pretty big names before they were anybody namely angelina jolie uh i think this is one of her earlier movies like feature length films Um, uh but we also have johnny lee miller matthew lillard uh fisher stevens you may not know fisher stevens but he's an incredible uh director now uh, he has done some acting, and he does a great job in this movie, but now he mostly uh, directs. So when you mentioned Angelina Jolie, I wanted to see if this was, in fact, her first feature film. Um, before Hackers, she was in Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell 2 picture show. Yeah. And she had a couple little bits and short shorts and stuff. Anyway, continue. Um, I can't pronounce the one girl. The, the woman who plays Margot. Lorraine. Lorraine Bronco. Okay. Uh, I we know also... that because she is a vineyard owner and does a wine label and is often on Top Chef, which is ah. one of my favorite shows. Well, we have Lorraine Bronco. Who is known from The Sopranos. Yes. Uh, she's also in The Goodfellas. Um, and in it, for seemingly no reason... Penn Jillette. <laughs> He's in oh, it for like five and, minutes. And Mark Anthony. Wait, Mark Anthony's in this? The one who married Jennifer Lopez? Yeah. He, oh, snap. He's he the plays secret that, service agent. He plays that super nerdy agent guy. I didn't know that was Mark Anthony. Holy yeah, shit. that was Mark Anthony. 
All right, well, uh, normally I would ask you what you thought of Hackers, but considering you keep saying it's the best movie ever, I'm pretty sure we already know. So it's why don't you instead give us a little insight into your history with this movie, since I know since, that I, since I've met you, you have seen this movie at least 50 times. I think it's that few. Um, <laughs> actually, it's probably closer to 100. Yeah. Well, we've known each other like six years. Yeah, yeah. You average this movie a couple of times a year. Uh, more than a couple of times a year. More than a, a couple of times a year. Uh, um, so when like when did you first see it? What Um I I don't even remember. I still lived at home. I was in high school. I did not see it when it first came out. But Nobody I was, did. I was gonna I'm gonna say Maybe senior year of high school or right out of high school. Uh, I think I rented it from like Blockbuster because there were still Blockbuster videos back then. Right. God, I'm old. There were still rental stores back then. <laughs> who, who doesn't stream? Um, and I rented it, I think because I thought Johnny Lynn Miller was cute on the cover. Who, who wouldn't think yeah. that? And I saw it once, and then I saw it again, and then I bought it, <laughs> and then I watched it. And I feel like this is actually my second copy of it. I think it is. I think you told me that once. Yeah. Um, I didn't see this film until I started dating you. Uh, because you're wrong. Because you, you I, I remember we were sitting at your apartment, uh, and you were like, hey, what do you want to watch tonight? I was like, oh, whatever, I don't care. Uh, and you're like, well, have you, you know, have you ever seen Hackers? And I said, no. And I'm pretty sure you almost broke up with me. Like the <laughs> second I said no. Um, and I don't I, know. We still talked to Jordan and he had never seen Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's true. I'm a little um, more forgiving than that. Not much. So you sit me down to watch Hackers. If for, for those who either have not seen it or just saw it for this podcast, let me tell you something. This is the most 90s film I have ever seen in my life. But isn't that amazing? It is so ridiculously 90s. Um, If you know anything about computers, and I mean anything about computers, this movie is complete horseshit on the computer end of it. Computers don't even remotely work the way they do and in this movie. they wouldn't even work that way nowadays with the high-speed technology that we have. And this was back in the day when a 28.8 BPS modem was top, top of, of the, the line. line. Top of the line. Well, they even mentioned that like when they break out her new uh, laptop and they like they so rolled out... Yeah, they roll down all the specs that she has. With a and they, million psychedelic colors. They they act like it's the most amazing thing. And I'm like, that that thing is garbage. That thing was garbage two years after they made this movie. Um, so, yeah, the, the computer, uh, uh, like the, the way they do the internet is my, complete bullshit. My favorite thing about this movie is their computer programs. Like the Da Vinci Virus, which is literally an animated 
video of Leonardo da Vinci in the circle with the arms that move. Uh, I forget what that piece of art is called. Yeah. yeah the, 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 I think it's... The, the man with the arms. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is him in that singing, row, row, row your boat. Yeah, like none of, none of that makes any sense. Um, like most 90s internet movies, they were obsessed with virtual reality, so there's several scenes of them wearing like the VR goggles and the gloves. And the eyepiece. Yep, they got the heads-up display that like no one ever... Basically, they thought the Google Glass before Google Glass was a thing. Um, I, but oh but the, the thing I absolutely love about this is the visual aspect of it. You have kids wearing clothing to look it's almost like the producer of this film and the director got together and like all right what do cool kids wear well clearly it's a lot of leopard and cheetah print spandex um really like crazy tight biker jackets yep yep a whole lot of like goggles and raver shit Rollerblades. Um, a lot of rollerblades. Yeah, you got to get the sweet chucks. Everyone everybody's everybody's got rollerblades. Um, <laughs> at one point, they shut down New York City. Uh, they shut down the lights, the traffic lights, so they can rollerblade through <laughs> the, the city with, uh, without being pursued by the Secret Service, which I think is hilarious because they don't... <laughs> In this movie, the Secret Service doesn't protect the president. They go after cyber criminals who don't really do anything like they 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 go at they they basically become private mercenaries and bounty hunters yes. for corporations yes this huge oil corporation goes to the secret service and says we have a problem with this kid that broke into our system no evidence is presented <laughs> Yeah. None is needed. And, they just go in there and arrest him. And not only that, like in real law enforcement, if something happens, one guy, maybe two, will be like, okay, I'm going to solve this crime. This is literally teams, including SWAT. Yeah, they have a whole task force to like kick in doors and break out windows to arrest a single teenage hacker. Uh, Who downloaded a garbage file. Yeah, yeah. Um, Garbage is just miscellaneous data. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love uh, freak. Yeah, I, I, I kind of figured this episode would just be you quoting the movie. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but the aside from all the cheekiness, all the silly costuming, and the rollerblades, there is a very deep message. There is a deep message that still resonates with you know. It's this group of kids banding together against a power that is trying to suppress them and trying to put them down for doing something that they love. Right. And it's something that, while yes, you can laugh at it and everything, it it still is very applicable to today. And it's very entertaining. It's very well written. It's very well Oh portrayed. yeah. This is this is not um like this is not one of those films that I like ironically. I, I legitimately like this film, and I liked it the moment you showed it to me, because I was like, this is this is just hilarious when it's supposed to be hilarious. Um, like Serial Killer. Uh, yep. As in Fruit Loops. Yep. And um, I, I absolutely love, that's Matthew uh, Lillard. uh, Lillard's character. I absolutely love his character because he's so stupid. 
and he's so stoned. It's almost like I'm trying to remember when SLC Punk came out because he played a very similar character in that. Yeah, SLC Punk came out three years later, and I want to believe that he channeled his character a little bit from Hackers into that character because he's super excited and he and he and he, but he's super political. Like he's got a statement for everything. At one point, he quotes the Bible to make his point. Like he's yeah. he's clearly this intelligent dude who just needs to be like channeled, and he can't be. Well, he's just all they, over the place. Another quote, but what Freak says is his parents missed Woodstock, and he has been making up ever making ever up since. for it ever since. So he, you know, obviously does a lot of drugs. Oh yeah, yeah, a ton. Uh, really goofy, but deep down, a really good heart and highly intelligent. Yeah, he's like super. Like that's the thing. Like all of these hackers are like remarkably intelligent, except for the one kid. Uh, oh, um, Dan- is Danny? Yeah, I think so. It's, he's the one that grew up to be in Bring It On. Right. I forget his character's name. Um. <sighs> I know when he was trying to... He didn't have a handle. And Joey. Joey. Yes, Joey. Yeah, and he, do, he, doesn't, he doesn't get a handle at all. He never figures out one. And, of course, I lo- like, like... Like I said, this movie is so 90s. Down to the music. The music is so... So 90s, but they didn't have licensing rights for... I don't think... Like, I don't think there's a single licensed song in the movie. Um... um they're all because if you are interested, the soundtrack is available on Spotify. So they probably use like lesser. It was names. a lot. It was a lot of small bands that probably mm-hmm. never had hits or right. anything like that. My favorite thing I bring it up every time, and you roll your eyes every time, is the one party scene where they go to meet Razor and Blade, and there is a band who is so so obviously supposed to be Rage Against the Machine, but they couldn't get Rage, so they got a, a sound alike that it is it is fucking clear as crystal that this band is supposed to don't represent they even Rage. Look like them, and yeah, they do. I mean, they don't wear they they there. There's a guy who looks almost exactly like Tom Morello. Uh, like, it is stupid obvious, like, oh, yeah, they couldn't get Rage, but this is clearly supposed to be Rage Against the Machine. I will say, um, part of my profession is coding. I, right. I'm a web designer, so I write HTML. Quick, quick, pl- plug the company. I just recently was hired by Listrack. No, no, the other company. Your company. Oh, <laughs> Oh, good thing we're investing time and money into this shit, sweetie. You can edit. Although <laughs> it's not a bad thing to say that I work for List Track, and if you need email services, then you can go to them because I'll probably design them. Um, no, I recently fucking pay me, List Track. You just got the enter the critic bump. You can edit it out. <laughs> I'm gonna say that so many times this time, especially the more I drink. Um, so yeah, recently I have started a freelance business with a friend of mine. We uh, what what's it called? It's called Two Bucks. The number two, and then B U X, and the website is twobuckscreative.com. We um, do everything from web design, identity design, marketing, social media, um, which content m- creation. Which means that Enter the Critic brand is going to fucking take off. Well, if you let me do your website. Oh, okay. Um. But anyway, back to back to hackers. Oh no, you were gonna make a point about coding. 
Yeah, so professionally, I spend a lot of time staring at a screen writing code. And this soundtrack is the greatest thing to listen to. <laughs> Uh, aside from something like Two Steps from Hell, which is this amazing band that does like theatrical trailer music. Yes. So They're great. Either, They're really dangerous to drive to. Oh, see, I don't drive to them, but I do code to them because it is the most epic code ever written. But I will say the soundtrack to Hackers is a phenomenal soundtrack to be sitting there coding. Um, that also kind of segues me into... Some of the stuff that they show, um, I think it was in this movie, and I know that I know for a fact antitrust is really bad about it. They show HTML as like hardcore computer programming language, and I can tell you right now, HTML is not going to do jack shit for your computer. <laughs> it is not going to make you um, magically have this awesome super PC. It's going to make you a website. Well, one, one one of my favorite computer things in this movie is when the they attack the the evil Gibson. The Gibson. And then and and they're going for the colonel. They they <laughs> they show Penn and Gillette and the plague uh, defending this in real time, and I I want to imagine that like guys who actually do IT who actually work on virus protection and control i want to i want to watch this scene with them just to compare it to how their jobs actually are which is probably just them sitting at a you know in a cubicle sipping some coffee and they look at a computer and go ah crap somebody opened an email they shouldn't have all right we'll get the antivirus well, Send out another reminder to stop opening spam the whereas the true version the movie version it is it is an epic battle. Uh, my fa- my favorite line that makes no sense when the plague sits down and he says, "Run antivirus, I'll cut him off at the pass." What fucking pass is he talking about? And how exactly do you cut somebody off in a computer? Well, and not to mention the terminal that they're sitting at is not a keyboard. It is not. It is this weird plexiglass yeah. thing with these lit buttons that have no text on them, and they're hitting all these little circles to do stuff. It looks like some kind of crazy drum machine that like the Blue Man Group would have, and they're like pounding away on them. And I'm like, that's not typing. And they basically have Iron Man's display. Yeah, with pretty the much. 3D of the Gibson. Yep, yep, and none of it makes any sense, and it's. But if you can get, I mean, even even I, I think uh, I was reading a review from Roger Ebert uh, when he saw it in 95. He said, if you can get past all the technical crap that doesn't make any sense, this movie's hilarious, it's well done, it's well acted, um, and it's just, it's just a real joy to watch. It's highly entertaining, and it's really easy to relate, because they have all these characters that are so different that you find one of them and you're like... That's me. <laughs> or that's who I wish I was in high school. Very much so. Um But yeah, it it it's it's such a blast. It's a great movie. Um I can't imagine too many people really hating this film because I mean, I've seen some bad movies and I've seen some like 
big movies that were truly terrible. Like, they're just disjointed and don't make any sense and they're hard to follow. This movie doesn't have any of that. Um, it's pretty easy to follow. It's a lot of fun. It's very lighthearted for as deep of a messaging as it does have with the whole um, us against the world yeah. premise. Um, and I mean, the, the like the B story is a teenager trying to get a date. <laughs> like, yeah. that's um, the B story. This is disheartening. It has a 32%. No, that's what I mean. It has a 32% of Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't know why. I almost think that people are taking the movie too seriously, because it's not a movie to take seriously at all. Um, it's very much tongue-in-cheek. Uh, this is a movie that sums up the worst of the computer era, zapping you with techno cliches and trapping you in a constant visual crash and burn. Although that's punny for this movie. Mm, crash and burn. I, I love... I actually... Um, Oh, it was when we were in Atlanta. So I'm going to tell a story and it's going to be a little longer. But um, Aquarium Night. Um, Dragon Con has this huge thing where they shut down the Georgia Aquarium. You have to buy a ticket through Dragon Con. And it's closed to the public. Uh, After hours, huge party at the aquarium. You get to see all the animals. You get to do all the things. People dress up and all kinds of crazy stuff happens. So... um, it was nearing the end of the night, and uh, again with my anxiety. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm ha- I have a cat kicking me. Wedgie. All right, so it was nearing the end of the night. People were bumping into me, and I started feeling very anxious. I tried going and just sitting by myself for a little while, but then it was time to go. They were closing down and all this stuff, and I ended up having a panic attack. Um, which is quite common for me in high-stress situations like that. So we got back to the hotel room, and I was sitting on the floor with my back against the side of the bed, just looking out the window at buildings, because I love architecture. One of the, um, one of them had the top, the lights on it were changing colors. There was another one that the side of the building was changing colors. Um, one of the buildings had the Dragon Con logo. So for me, it was a very soothing experience to try to just calm down and look at it. And Ash comes over to kind of sit with me because I was calming down a little bit. And she just wanted to, you know, talk and make sure I was okay and all that stuff. And we were looking at these buildings and I referenced in the movie when they changed the windows to turn on the lights on certain floors so the building spelled crash, crash and, burn. and burn ash has never seen this movie <laughs> so she's i'm like i'm like it's just like in hackers when it says crash and burn and she's like i have no idea what you're talking about but hey you're smiling <laughs> so oh yeah um but crash and burn that is one of the best Puns in the movie to me. <laughs> um, let's see where we're at here. Um, so another horrible review from some guy named Owen. Uh, I'm giving you the finger, Owen. What's most grating about Hackers, however, is the guileless way the movie buys into the computer kid is elite rebel mystique, currently being peddled by magazines like Wired. <sighs> 
again, it's not like these people are taking the movie too seriously. Yeah. It's a fun movie. It has nothing to do with computers. It's just hilarious. Well, uh, here's a really... This is a positive review. It says, The story is negligible, but it offers the same order of fun as a good rock video. The marriage of images and music. Pretty much. Which is it's very true. It's... Yeah. You know, it it does tell a story. It's not too deep. It's not too anything. It's just it it, it is what it is. So. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's slap a rating on this thing. Ten out of ten computer viruses that you can solve by typing the word cookie. <laughs> that is that is true. Just type in cookie. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it. 10 out of 10,000 gallons of hair gel that Johnny Lee Miller had to use to get his hair <laughs> just right. Because I guarantee you, they went through they went through a ton of L.A. looks. They went through a ton of and L.A. the thing looks. is, his hair wasn't that short. I mean, that long. It was I, really short. But they, they used they, so, so much, much hair product. gel. So much product. All right. On a side note, uh, during this podcast, our cat has been sitting next to me licking his butt. Almost for the entire time. Is it clean? It's clean, bud? He's going back for more. <laughs> All right, well, that about wraps it up here for us on Enter the Critic. Uh, next week, we have a real treat for you. Another Netflix movie. Are there good films coming to theaters? You're damn right they are. Am I broke as a joke right now because I'm busy as hell? Yeah, I am. Sorry, people. Uh, I got a vacation coming up. I got a wedding to go to. I just saw Guar. I'm broke. You also broke your hand. They also broke my hand and was sick for like three weeks. So, yeah, I'm not going to the theater anytime soon. But luckily, we got a real, I'm not even joking, an incredible film. Uh, you're going to want to watch it in segments because it's a long-ass movie. But the fully restored from the original master print version of Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence. Lawrence of Arabia. He's an English guy. Care to fight the druid? That was a Hollywood Nights reference. Ah, yes. Hollywood Nights. The poor man's American graffiti. Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, and we're going to have a special guest, uh, Jordan Zerman from Ninjas vs. Podcast on, because he's the only other person I know who would sit through that movie with me again. So that's coming next week. I'm super excited to watch Lawrence Arabia for like the fifth time, even though it's like a four-hour movie. Actors is better. Well, uh, until next time, I'm Chris Plump. I'm Melissa. We'll see you next time.